the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. I think in the first 15 minutes, we just kind of shoot the breeze and we're having good introductory conversation on everything from pheromones to cavemen and why we select a mate. And uh, whether or not you should wear women's deodorant. Yes, vanilla bean if you're going to. (laughs) You'll know what we mean. (laughs) Yeah, you will if you listen to this episode. It's a really good episode on male testosterone. And we give we give out some certain tips and tricks with the functional nutritionist on how you could increase it, so to speak, or some of the things that you're doing that may decrease it over a specific amount of time. Yeah, definitely. This is a really, really interesting one for all the guys out there who are just looking to optimize the testosterone and also find out if there's any things that you're using on a daily basis that actually might be toxic to you yes. and actually reducing your uh, production of male hormones as well, which actually in the day and age that we live in, like there's a lot, a lot of things that we have on a daily basis so we could reduce and actually increase our and you could find out how polluted your environment actually is yeah we will we will put that it's a really happy episode yes it really is there are certain points in there where i'm like oh man i can't believe i did that but we will include that in the show notes and if you have any questions or concerns or you even want to say hey you guys forgot this in the episode DM us. Let us know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of you guys out there who have been asking about male hormones and actually we didn't even have enough time to go over everything. Yeah. Like this is something we're definitely going to revisit a lot. So if there's anything specific that we missed in this episode that you want to know about, hit us up. All this and more in today's episode. Oh, last one. Hey, what's up, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Back on the show after talking about PMS and female hormones, we've got the functional nutritionist who's going to help us break down the male hormones and the level of testosterone that's in this room right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, if you think Coming it was a lot now, year old. Yeah. Yeah. if you think it was a lot now, you should have walked in 15 minutes ago. There were five men in this room. Yeah. Like, there was, there was, there was yeah. no space for any more testosterone. <laughs> Yeah, there was it was a lot. <laughs> you could smell the testosterone. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I literally walked in and I was like, "There's body heat and there's a lot of like man smells." I don't know how to feel about it's, it. It's it's funny that you know when you talk about pheromones and all that stuff and like I never like when you really research it and look at this stuff. Like there's some like real proof that you're attracted to a female's pheromones, yeah, and, you yeah. know, and like all that crazy stuff. And dude, I don't know how my wife's attracted to me. I smell like dirty gym socks. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> I remember. In, In university, we did this experiment where it was one of the science classes and they all gave us, I mean, the instructor gave us all white t-shirts and they said, wear this for three days when you sleep. Don't label it. Don't wear like any lotions, any whatever. And they were supposed to put them in plastic bags. And then we were supposed to like go around smelling like these tops and like most people guessed which one was male, which which one was female, just from the pheromones. Wow. Without, without, yeah. And you, cause you weren't allowed to put like deodorant, you weren't allowed to put perfume like you weren't around i mean i sprayed mine with candy (laughs) i was really self-conscious but (laughs) so i feel that yeah yeah well so all right so speaking of well forget about pheromones right now i guess pheromones they're probably made by hormones right that's it yeah 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 pheromones (laughs) hormones Males who have heightened testosterone, which is what we're going to talk about today, yeah. male hormones, testosterone yeah. probably smell a little worse, I'm yes. assuming. Like we, I mean, if you have... Is it worse or is it better? I guess it depends on it depends, females. Yeah, yeah, but if, if, if you're like, if you're in that whole like survival of the fittest thing, you want... The, the strongest smelling guy. I know, the strongest smelling guy. Like back, back, in, back with our ancestors, ancestors, it was probably... Oh yeah, he smells horrible. That's my yeah, guy right yeah. there. He could kill the a lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so not in today's world, maybe. I know. I don't, I don't see. I'm not a cologne wearer, though. Yeah, me neither. Nope. Yeah, I do not wear cologne. I, I will wear women's deodorant, though. I really? will admit that on air. I wear women's deodorant. There's it's so this... much better than male deodorant. Why? Liam's looking at me. He's got something <laughs> in there. <laughs> no, there is this trend with men wearing. Like women's perfumes. See? It's really weird. I don't like it, to be not honest. Not the perfume. No, no, no not the perfume. The okay, deodorant I wear okay. just because it, it keeps me drier. Like, I don't, um, I don't, I don't. I'm struggling to say anything right now. <laughs> I sweat a lot. I'm really yeah, struggling. Like, look, there are so many guys that do sweat a lot, you know? Yeah. It's a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people get Botox in their hands because yeah. they get sweaty palms, man. And yeah. their armpits. And their armpits. Yes. Oh, I can get Botox in my armpits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. That's, that's a good thing. You can also do things like to detoxify your armpits, like using clay masks and stuff like that. 
and you wouldn't no. need as much. No, no. 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 Is that like a step too far? Yeah, that's way too far. That's way too far. <laughs> so Botox was fine, but putting a clay mask on is not okay. That's too much. All right, all right, all right. All right let's go to the topic. Now. <laughs> let's, let's go on to testosterone. <laughs> okay, we're talking about testosterone. We are generally going to go over the causes of testosterone, mostly like environmental factors that we can adjust, and then. Because there are environmental factors, we can then talk about the treatment or how to enhance your natural levels of testosterone. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's spot on. I mean, I think men nowadays are, you know, seeing lower levels of testosterone. I know guys are for sure. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the guys that want to get mad at me, they are softer. Could you yeah, agree? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a trainer, yeah. I mean, you see it on, you guys see yeah, it on a daily basis with trainers. Yeah. Like a lot of guys are a little bit softer, you know, they're a little pudgier and they're kind of, some guys are taking on the shapes of females. Yeah. And also there's feminization of their faces. Like there was this uh, guy called Terry Hertog. He's a hormones specialist and they have this like, is it a CGI where they put together like the face of a female, like a male in 2030 and they look like scarily pretty. Yeah. Like they're pretty men. You know what I mean? Um, just because there's a lot of feminization, not just in their bodies, but also in their faces, like less of a jawline, prettier features. That's scary. Yeah. I'll show you. It's in my story highlights. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got to see that. Yeah. I got to yeah. see that. <laughs> I'm just, I was picturing in my head what I would look like as a female. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be one. I'd be female, dude. You're always already wearing a deodorant, man. So you like, dude. Look, the deodorant is nice, dude. All right, it keeps as long you as dry. no one smells it, and you know, you know what I mean. As long as no one can smell the, like, yeah, smell I've, like flowers. I've had, I've had a couple people say it. Oh. Like, like my sister once, she was like, "Are you wearing women's deodorant?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I wear Secret. All right, I like the vanilla oh, bean stuff. God. Okay, <laughs> Secret See, vanilla bean. Full of toxins, though." <laughs> It which is, is on, which is, is. which is uh, one of the topics we're going to discuss. That is true, but so, yeah. so get back on track. Just a real quick, just because before I forget my question, <laughs> it's not about um, vanilla bean. <laughs> no, it's not about vanilla bean. Unfortunately, my question is, it's because I was talking about it with a client previously. Yeah, saying, are we more at risk living here in Kuwait, like with regards to kind of like pollution in the air and things like that, and kind of toxins in the air? than say someone who is living in like the depths of Canada or something like that, where the air is, might be a little bit fresher. I th- I think so. And I don't, th- I mean, I think something came out recently where like Dubai or Kuwait or like the Middle East in general was one of the most toxic places to live in. Kuwait. Was Kuwait, it Kuwait? Kuwait was ranked in the top uh, 13, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was crazy high. Um, but I also think we're not as health aware. So our produce isn't that great. Um, even if we're importing, um, you know, I don't think you can really trust organic versus non-organic. We use a lot of plastic. I know that's like a major issue. I just think we're a lot less health aware. Like for me, it's really difficult for me to, because to, I take my food with me to work. It's really difficult for me to convince my nannies not to use plastic Tupperware every single time they they package it. No. So. Yeah, Kuwait's ranked number two. That's crazy. The 10 most toxic countries were Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates, Amman, Turkmenistan, Libya, Kazakhstan, and Trinidad. So. Oh my God. When you look at the map, it's pretty much Middle East. It's dark red. It's almost purple. That's, that's, what do you think it's from? Like exhaust? Like car exhaust? Look at, look at all the oil. Oil production? Yeah, look yeah. at the oil. I mean, the oil that we produce. Have you ever been down to Zur? I drive, no. I drive down that way a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of smoke that comes out of the Zur electrical plant, it's like, dude, we're breathing that stuff in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. Like, no wonder why we have so many weird you know, sicknesses in Kuwait. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of weird yeah. sicknesses you don't hear about, no, especially right. breathing ones. Yeah, you're right. And also there are certain cancers that are a lot more prevalent in Kuwait. Like yeah. I had a patient whose dad had some kind of rare cancer, I can't remember. And then she went overseas to get it treated. And the doctor said the like the highest number of cases with this disease are from Kuwait that we get. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. my cousin, she, she, be, we had, she was on, it was one of the episodes, surviving cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had thyroid cancer. And the doctor was like, were you here during the invasion? So he was like, yeah, I've seen a lot of people that were here during the invasion come in with the same type. So, I mean, could we say it's just from the invasion? I I highly doubt it. I think it's more of the pollutants that we have. I think so too. I think that's, it's a small country. And when I drive back from that side of the country to here, you can see the smog, man. Like, have you ever looked at the city on a weekend, on a Friday morning? It's clear. 
look at it on a weekday, dude, yeah. you're yeah. scared to walk outside. Like, I think it's like, it's worse than China, man. Yeah, that, that's why I was so surprised. Like when people tell me they're moving to China, I'm like, hey, careful. Like it's a really toxic city. But now it's, yeah, you can I, look at the I map, live man. in the country, look, which look, is like number look two. Look at China. They're red. We're dark red. Crazy. <laughs> like, oh my God. We're insanely dark red. That's really worrying. Yeah, but we'll be all right. That's why, that's why we have a lot of males turn into females over here. Yeah, apparently. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lack, <No. laughs> Lack of testosterone. Back to the subject. They, well, <laughs> technically speaking, you're talking about aromatization, which is the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. And there's, you're right, there is a lot of it here. I do a lot of body fat analysis. And I know I've said this before on the show, but it, the concept is you store body fat based on your hormones. And if you have certain hormonal imbalances, you'll, you'll store body fat in certain areas over others. So a lot of the guys whose body fat analysis that I do, the Khaliji guys or the guys from the Gulf, whether they're Emirati or Kuwaiti, do carry weight like women. So they have man boobs, they have thicker thighs, they have really high like uh, back of the leg readings, which is has a lot to do with estrogen toxicity. Okay. Whereas if I do Westerners, they just have like overall increased body fat without like a specific... So is that why we see a lot of glinocanascia, male boobs? Man boobs, yeah, yeah. Man boobs, I mean, because I see it a lot here. Hell, I've been dealing with my entire (laughs) life. No, I mean like no matter how lean I've gotten, there's always been like this little pinch of fat that I could never ever get rid of and i'm talking like dude i've done everything hmm. and you know i've got my body fat down to like seven eight percent what yeah that's crazy it's, it's just it's this little pinch of fat yeah, like yeah, right yeah. here that just my entire life has never gone away yeah everything in my body like you know i had the whole six-pack rocking you know maybe a little bit of you know just a tiny bit of fat but yeah yeah, yeah. that and i've seen it <laughs> at gyms i've seen it with my friends and it's mo- mainly through the middle eastern guys now right. I've seen my fat American friends, and they're not the same. Was that politically correct? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> All right, <laughs> from a certain country in the world. But so. I've, I've seen my I, larger. I just don't think fat is politically okay. correct. <laughs> I've, I've overweight. Seen my, my larger <laughs> overweight. It's been a long day. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'm so getting grief for that. But you know, I'm I, like, I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> kind of. Yeah, of course you are. You're British, dude. You're British, man. But you know, overweight friends in the states, and you know. They didn't have the same fat storage units. Yeah. Theirs was more in the gut, in yeah. the stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right around the back area, like around the love handle. Yeah, which has a lot to do with gut inflammation, apparently. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. So is there a reason we see that in Kuwait or in the Middle East that we have, you know, male boobs? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I definitely think it's aromatization and xenoestrogens. Toxic exposure, especially chronic toxic exposure, actually affects your brain. And it's a specific part of your brain. It's the hypothalamus and pituitary, which is what you mentioned earlier. And your hypothalamus and your pituitary is like a center in your brain that um, controls the command of the secretion of hormones. Okay, so basically it tells your thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormones. It tells your gonads or your testicles to produce testosterone. So, so uh, this this is a stupid question. So no, testosterone actually comes from the testicles. Yes. Okay. All right. Estrogen in men comes from testosterone. So why is it when men do, or well, I I know this because when I was younger, I had a lot of jock buddies. Now a couple of them, you know, jumped into the steroid game. Yeah. And they said that their their gonads like shriveled up to the size of M and M's. Is that because your body sucks out all the testosterone? To like go to the muscles or what What happens with that? I'm looking for a medical term here. <laughs> okay. Cause I just imagined like your body sucking testosterone. No, I mean, is, is that what happens? Like, um, do you, do you no, have no, any no. idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, okay. So basically you can either stimulate testosterone production or you can replace testosterone. Okay. In terms of like environmental factors and increasing testosterone from a functional perspective, you can stimulate or improve your brain's ability to tell your testicles to produce testosterone, okay? okay? When you replace testosterone, which really shouldn't be done unless uh, you're an older male and you've lost st- function, like you can't produce testosterone, which a lot of the guys do when they're on steroids, they're literally replacing their testosterone. You get a feedback, or you get feedback to your hypothalamus um, and your pituitary that says, hey, we have a lot of testosterone, you don't need to you produce need it to anymore. Produce it. So, so that's it why down. that's why your gonads shut down. That exactly. makes that makes sense. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. Putting and science. Yeah, why are you giving me that look? <laughs> look, okay, I am a blunt person. I you know I think no. you're also a bit sleep deprived, maybe. No, no, I'm good. No? I'm, good, oh, on, good okay. I'm good in the sleep. I'm good <laughs> on the sleep category. I took a nap this afternoon. <laughs> nah, I'm jealous. <laughs> jealous <laughs> I, made, of your nap. I made I made sure I was ready for today. 
But, um, all right, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So basically you get like a negative feedback where your brain doesn't tell your testicles to produce um, testosterone. So they literally shut down. It's not difficult, but it's not, you can't always get function back. So there are some guys that go on steroids and even though they do like the HCG and the comet, like to restart the testes and um, restart the brain signaling, it's still difficult for them to regain really? particular function. Yeah. That's, that's quite, that's, I, now that's, I think that's shedding light for, I think a lot of listeners out there that may divil and dabble in different yeah. things. Like just to know, like it does really depend on your genetics too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that goes in and factors in. Now, if we move back to the xenoestrogens, yeah. So basically, the same feedback loop kind of happens there too. I'm assuming. So xenoestrogens is a bit of a sorry toxins. I meant the oh toxins. toxins. Yeah, the toxins. So okay, so toxins can be endocrine disruptors, which is like hormonal disruptors. Um, so you have things like BPA, phthalates. So BPA and phthalates are both found in plastic and plastic products. Those act as endocrine disruptors and they, BPA specifically acts as an estrogen. Like it was actually created, when it was first created, it was meant to be like used as some kind of synthetic estrogen medication. And then they found out that it works really well as, as like it works really well for keeping plastic rigid. So they took it off the market as a fake estrogen and they put it in plastic. And every oh, time, wow. yeah. And every time. So you, how do they even figure that out? Like how do they, someone, someone just dropped it into some plastic and it just went rigid and they were like oh shit this no, works great. <laughs> we were going to inject this into some guy who gets me estrogen but actually now we put it in plastic and we're good to go yeah and <laughs> like, the problem is like the BPA in plastic does leach when heated so if you have your food in Tupperware containers if you're constantly drinking out of plastic water bottles yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm looking at you I'm like oh my god leaches, dude from the yeah. plastic into whatever that you're ingesting and then you ingest it and then it acts as a synthetic estrogen. The good news is when it comes to BPA, you can, I think you remove up to like 66% of it if you eliminate all exposure to BPA in about three days. And a hidden source of BPAs is also in receipts. Like in the actual receipts that come out of like uh, credit card receipts. Like, yeah. but any receipts, even, yeah. if, even if you go to a store and like you handle it. Like I had a guy who's body fat I did once and I was like you know your site for estrogen toxicity is really high like do you do this he's like no 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 and I was like do you handle a lot of receipts and then he said wait a second and then he pulls out his wallet opens it and he basically kept track of all of his um, finances through keeping his receipts so he was constantly like touching yeah Really? Yeah. Like he just handed me his wallet. <laughs> you got your receipts in there? No. No, I don't think oh, so. No, no, no. I'm just being on no the receipts. safe side, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's uh, in my credit card. <laughs> I'm just taking that out of my wallet. Um, yeah. So if you were just, so for me, like, I always say, like, keep the receipt. I okay. try not to handle them. But yeah, so BPA, fake estrogen, actually acts as an estrogen in your system. And then you have phthalates, which... Also, similarly to BPA, they've been highly correlated with obesity and insulin resistance. And I know we're going to talk about insulin in a bit. I was just going to say, like, that was a perfect segue right into <laughs> insulin and getting into, you know, insulin, cortisol, you know, what that actually has to do with testosterone. Because I don't yeah. think a lot of guys understand that. All right, let's see if I get this right. You correct okay. me if I'm wrong. Okay, okay. Your cortisol is a hormone. Mm -hmm. And if that is too high or too low, that messes with your insulin levels and your insulin levels is basically sugar or will mm -hmm. store, you know, go into your body parts and store as sugar if it's too high, right? Insulin stores sugar. Insulin stores sugar. It's supposed sorry. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it stores sugar yeah. and that's what causes, you know, people to store extra body fat or to, you know, have low sugar or high sugar, high blood sugar, low blood sugar. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good overall, like simplistic explanation of it. If you were to like sum it up in a few sentences. Okay, so there's... Those there's, are for the guys like me. Now yeah. you could go into the science -y part. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to try to explain it simply as well because it can be a little bit complicated because cortisol and insulin both have an effect on each other, okay? If one is out of balance, the other is going to be out of balance. So let's talk about how cortisol affects insulin. So so cortisol is a stress hormone. Yep. Do you know what increases cortisol in the first place? Because I know we can talk about 
hormones and people don't stress. really know the practical aspects. Stress, of it. Yeah. right? Stress, yeah. the stress is a big, uh, big thing with cortisol. Yeah. Like you have your, you know, if you have something that stresses you out, it's almost like if there's something that's stressing you out, I was telling you earlier. Yeah. If I, I work out at night Mm-mm-mm. and I was reading through my research that working out at night is actually bad because it heightens your cortisol. Yeah. And then when your cortisol goes up, messes with your insulin and then your insulin sensitivity is higher. So therefore you store a lot more fat, right? I'm going to... No? Wrong? Yeah, kind of? And kind like of, your yes, testosterone yeah. comes down. Yeah. Okay. Right? You can you can break yeah. that down. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Liam's so like, this whole episode is basically Marty saying something then. <laughs> what just going? Yeah, kind of. We're just going to change this, 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 this. But um, you're getting most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting most of it. Okay. So, stress. Okay. The reason I asked that question is because stress can actually come in many different forms. Okay. First of all, you have your fight or flight response. So we have something called a fight or flight mode or a rest and digest mode. The technical term for it is sympathetic nervous system for your fight or flight mode and the parasympathetic nervous system for your rest and digest mode. We are only supposed to engage in the sympathetic nervous system if we are coming like face to face with danger from a, from an evolutionary perspective. Okay, so let's say some guy's out hunting and he sees a tiger and he literally has to either fight it or run from it. That's where the term comes from. So you're, uh, you increase cortisol, the stress hormone. And what happens is cortisol increases the breakdown of stored glycogen. So you break down stored glycogen so that you have blood sugar in your, so you have like sugar in your blood or you have increased blood sugar so that you then have available fuel for your muscles to use. Okay. It's perfect in those kinds of situations. But what we're experiencing in modern day society is, um, that process is switched on way more than 5 to 10%. It's switched on maybe 50% of the time, maybe 80% of the time. You know, like people who are go, 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 like they wake up 5 a.m. Exactly. You know, like Liam, you were telling me you wake up in the morning and then you go train yourself or then you have clients and then you're constantly working. So if you're go, go, go all the time, even if you love what you do. So like that's also a misconception where people go like, oh, like I love my job. But I'm like, yeah, but it can still cause chronically increased cortisol levels. It's like overtraining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's similar to overtraining. This is kind of, it's, to use like a kind of very down to earth analogy, it's like having sport mode on in your car yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh man, I love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so like the revs are always higher and actually like even though you're going the same speed, but like the revs are higher and so actually the yeah. engine is working harder when it doesn't need that's to. That's an awesome way of explaining yeah. it. Yeah. So that's one form of stress where you're in fight or flight mode. Okay. But then there are other kinds of stress. There's uh, there's like depression, like if you're constantly worrying, if you're constantly overthinking, even if you're not in that fight or flight mode. Yeah, well, it makes um, it makes, yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. Ever since I started building my house, I was telling you this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I've noticed like I've been, I haven't been getting as lean as I used to get. Yeah. I mean, my strength is still there, but I'm just not getting as lean and I'm doing everything pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Food's, you know, almost the same on point to an extent. You know, I, yeah. I, I will admit I haven't had as much time to... You know, prep my meals and all that stuff, which has a lot to do with it. But at the end of the day, you know, if I'm stressed out over finances, over building a house or whatever it may be, that's going to lead to my testosterone dropping, increased cortisol. And plus, this is an interesting fact. All right. This was from a study that males, after they had their child, they had a significant drop in testosterone. And I can see that happening. That would make sense. Because, okay, because another form of stress sleep deprivation so do you think it could be sleep deprivation? that could be it so yeah so like um, depending on the study okay i'll ask you both a question what time do you guys go to sleep what time do you go to sleep my day it really depends like it it, it really depends usually i'm i try to be in bed by like 9 30 i'm I'm falling asleep by about 10 o'clock 10 45 and that's because you know i'll either be reading something on my phone or i'll you know dj will wake up or you know any of the you know, anything, you know, okay. my wife will just be like, all right, you know, I'm going to kick you. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Do you wake up during the night? Sometimes less. Do you wake up if you're not, if you've not been disturbed? Like, do you wake up because you're tossing and turning or like you look at your watch or you go to no, pee? No, I, I sleep as light of, as light as a feather these days. Like if okay. I hear a weird sound, like up that fight or flight mode, that, that yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. switch as Liam would like to call it, yeah. just goes on and I'm like jumping out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Like there are times Hay is like, why'd you fidget last night? You woke me up. I'm like, I don't remember fidgeting, you know, like literally jumping up. Yeah. So it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but since I've been reducing the amount of coffee that I drink yeah. after, you know, say 11 a.m., I've seen a huge change with me sleeping through the night. Yeah, a lot of people say that. I'm going to ask Liam and then I'm going to go back to you. Cool. Um, what time do you go to bed? <laughs> I'm like lights out at 9, 9 p.m. 
And then do you wake up at night? Do you uh, ever wake up to pee? I'll get up like about two, three o'clock. I just go to the bathroom just and then pee. back to sleep. Okay, so if you're... Adri- I pee with my child. If <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up to pee, I go pee too. So. Um, so if your cortisol levels are as low as they should be and you know you, your body isn't experiencing um, a lot of stress, you should be in a deep enough sleep that needing to pee to wake up is kind of like that urge is switched off until you wake up in the morning. So the fact that you would wake up to pee, because a lot of people I go like, oh, do you sleep well? They're like, I sleep amazingly well. And I'm like, how many times in a night do you wake up? And they say, once, two times, but just to pee. And then I go right back to sleep. But then you're not getting in a deep enough sleep if no, you're not overriding that urge. Problem is though, really. is I, I find a big difference just in when I drink in more water. That's also day. true. Yeah, 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 that's also so like true. If, if I forget to drink more enough water and then I have like a liter and a half, like in the time that I get home, yeah, like minute like 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Even yeah, for exactly. the four hours or whatever. Like, even though I drink like four and a half, five liters a day, like if yeah, I drink like, if I drink like that much, like and before I go to bed around dinner time, like if I have maybe something salty or something like that and I need a little bit more water, then I find I'm more likely to get out for the yeah. bathroom. Otherwise, I'd probably be quite fine drink like, okay, okay. Night. Yeah, but I was just hi- highlighting that if you're not getting like deep quality sleep, if you're not falling asleep easily, if um, you're not staying asleep for a good seven to eight hours a night, then that counts as sleep deprivation. You don't have to be an insomniac to have sleep deprivation. So that on its own counts as a stressor. So even if you have, you know, you have a great life, you're chilled out, you don't engage in anything that's super stressful. If you experience sleep deprivation for whatever reason, it could literally be like progesterone deficiency, even in, in men as well. Then that makes, that I'm sorry not to cut you off. That yeah. does make sense because when I was wearing a whoop or when I was wearing my Under Armour band, yeah. which also, you know, kind of, you know, it, it measured my sleep. My deep sleep was like an hour. It was nothing. And from what I read, it should be three to four hours, right? Like yeah. it should be a decent amount of time that tells you you're fully rested. Yeah. I'd have three days of like an hour and then I'd have one day. It was like a sleep bank, you know, <laughs> that one yeah, day yeah, yeah. where I'd go into a deep sleep for like four hours. Probably from exhaustion. Maybe. And, and, and I say this, like when I go to my mother-in-law's house, for some reason, if I take a nap there, it is the best sleep that I ever get. And I think it's because really? I know my wife is safe. Yeah, I know yeah, my yeah. son is safe. Yeah. You know, like I know my clan is safe. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, makes any that sense. That makes a lot like, of sense. That makes just, a lot of it's sense. Like talking about this, that's just like, all right, well, how do you get to that state of deep sleep? We can definitely talk about sleep hygiene. Um, but I, w- I want to relate sp- sleep specifically to, to testosterone because your peak production of testosterone occurs in REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep. And you enter REM sleep, you're supposed to enter REM sleep in several cycles throughout the night. So if you're not getting deep enough sleep, you're not going to be able to produce testosterone optimally. So this is why, you know, when we talk about environmental factors, it's like, why don't you just fix the basics, enhance your, optimize your testosterone production, and then think about anything else. And to answer your question, so sleep hygiene is basically improving your sleep environment uh, in a way that is conducive to deep sleep. It's some of the some of the stuff is pretty basic. I'm sure you've heard of it, like blue light blocking glasses or blue light blocking apps on your laptop. Because if you're on your phone, on your laptop, your lights are on, you prevent the production of melatonin, and melatonin is a sleep hormone. So if you have low melatonin production and you get into bed, you're gonna have a lot of you know you get into bed like right after like being on your phone consistently or um, having the lights on or watching TV, then you're gonna have trouble getting into a deep enough sleep. So no screens for one to two hours before bed. If you have to, because I know a lot of people do, you should put in blue light blocking. There's, like there's a blue light blocking app on your phone. I think we talked about this. I don't, no, our... I don't think we mentioned it. No, no, no. We never hit on this. Okay, okay. But not to cut you off. Yeah. Now, because I brought this up earlier, mm-hmm. working out late. Yeah. We were talking about that. That heightens cortisol. Which, which inhibits melatonin. And then, therefore, you can't really get a good night's sleep. Exactly. So no wonder why I feel like crap every day because yeah, I'm working yeah, yeah. out at 7 o'clock at night. Exactly. Thank you, Haya. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you want to hack, like, biohack that. I don't really like that word. But if you want to biohack that, but you that's can what just it take yeah. cortisol-lowering supplements post-workout. So you can take um, phosphatidylserine or theanine, and that drops your cortisol levels. We talked about theanine. I can't we go did. near that stuff. It just knocks me out, dude. I'm like a zombie. <laughs> It's like I'm on Valium yeah. or something. I do I like theanine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like if I need to sleep, it's like theanine, melatonin, like yeah. good night. <laughs> really? Yeah. But, but and it's then just like our, so safe. Like but I just then don't are worry we about teaching it. our body to rely on that? I'm playing devil's advocate here. And this is my problem with supplements in a way. That we teach our body to then 
almost kind of rely on these things. Yeah, but this is my support of supplements. We don't live in a world that like constantly allows us to be like super de-stressed. We just don't. Like you always have stuff to do. Your cortisol levels are up. If you're a high achiever in any aspect of your life, what are you going to do? Like decrease like the intensity of your goals just so you can have better sleep. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you there is a period of your life where you need to be a high achiever. You need to be working. You need to be go, go, go. And in that case, you can use supplements to help your body handle the outside stress. So do you get dependent on it? No. Physically, some things you can, some things you wouldn't. Like you wouldn't get dependent on theanine. But that's also why I recommend lifestyle strategies. I don't just tell people take supplements. I say like, like download the Headspace app. Headspace app. Um, that's actually a really good app. It's a really good app. It's simple, straightforward. It's 10 minutes of your time. It helps you go to sleep. It works really well for everyone who's tried it. I no. It's, yeah. <laughs> it did not work with me. It's because it's being quiet for 10 minutes, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a struggle, man, for you. Oh, you're such a, <laughs> you are such a jerk, dude. Oh, man. Um, but like, so people, for people who don't know what Headspace is, it's like a, it's a meditation app. Yeah. It? yeah so it's, it's, it's a 10 minute, super easy meditation app. You just plug your headphones in or you listen to it through your phone 10 minutes before you go to sleep. And it takes the guesswork out of meditation. It's just some guy like walking you through calming yourself and breathing deeply. For people who don't like to meditate, I also recommend diaphragmatic breathing. The way, because I do diaphragmatic breathing as well, because sometimes I'm just not in the mood to meditate. And I know my brain's going to go crazy and I'm not going to be able to, to switch it off. So I just, you lay in bed and you put your hand on your stomach and you want to breathe in for four seconds and you want your hand to elevate, which which is how you know that you're breathing into your diaphragm. You don't want your chest to elevate. Um, and then you breathe out for four seconds and you do that for 10 minutes and that activates that parasympathetic nervous system. It has like an actual physical response where it activates it without you needing to like clear your mind. And It's actually tough to do, to breathe into it's your diaphragm while well, I'm sitting down. So. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. It would definitely help if you're laying down. I also recommend yin yoga, uh, any kind of deep stretching. So some people don't like yoga. So I say just get into a stretch and hold it for about one to three minutes. And that helps activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So there are a lot of ways where you don't have to rely on supplements, but a lot of people are a little lazy. Heat works. Who? Heat. Like heat. A hot shower. Heat. Yeah. That activates your parasympathetic nervous no, no cold gonna, showers gonna activate that. your parasympathetic nervous system. Wait, really? Just, yeah, okay, because... Hold on. No, 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 cold I, shower before bed, man. No, nah, dude, a cold so shower before bed, I'm alert. I think it depends on the person because I, I, I take all a, the time. Dude, I take <laughs> a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> I take a cold shower. I'm not going to sleep. Listen. But if I take a hot shower, yeah. I feel great and I'm like, all right, bedtime. So, you know, like so I, I, get, I get, I probably get my best sleep when I take a really hot shower. Okay. If you were to run it, have, do you, have you ever had baths? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if I need to heal, if it's my recovery day, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. take a hot bath. Okay. Let me ask you a question. I need to <laughs> heal. <laughs> what, dude? I'm, dude, there are days where if you. I need to heal. That coupled with the woman's deodorant, I am like digging myself into a major hole. No, Can you listen, help me here? No judgment. No, no judgment. You, you do you. Do whatever works for you. I'm totally for it. I'm sure I engage in like things that are not gender specific. You know what I mean? Yeah, so who there's cares? No, there's yeah. no problem. In it. No, no, no. There's no problem. It's I think it's just women's deodorant. It's not just women's yeah, deodorant. Don't put a label on it. It's just marketed that way. Um, Vanilla bean, man. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that like women's deodorant is like vanilla bean and uh, men's deodorant is like ice fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it has to be like a it's really manly name. It's the marketing. <laughs> it's like it's the marketing too. Like what what got me interested in your Instagram was like functional nutritionist. I was like that's got a ring to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty cool right there. Yeah, and it just I'm glad you think so because I think most people complain that it's a very long Instagram handle, and I agree. No, but... no, dude. I think that's like to me, but that's personal. Like that's yeah. that's you know just me I, th- I was like wow that's then it got me interested into w- what is the functional nutritional side of it yeah, what's yeah. all this about and i was like oh, this person's pretty smart i can recommend her Thanks. to people <laughs> <laughs> thank you so if you were to sit in a hot bath for 20 minutes initially it would feel really nice but then after a while you'd feel your heart rate start uh, picking up and you'd get a bit like hot and flustered whereas if so in the long term, it actually act- does not activate your parasympathetic nervous system. If you take a cold shower, initially you'll get that like alertness because it's really uncomfortable. But after a while, your heart rate will drop. So it's a 
a really, really effective way of activating the PNS. Okay. Yeah. I'll switch. I'll switch methods for switch it. I'll yeah. switch methods for a little while and yeah. I'll let everybody know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you should do it as an experiment. I will. Yeah, um, I definitely will. Man, try yeah. Like I said about the, the cold plunge pool, like my heart rate, I can control my heart rate. Yeah, exactly. Right like, exactly, and I can I can't do that in jacuzzi. My heart like doesn't necessarily beat faster, but it beats much harder. Exactly, when I'm in heat, yeah, than necessarily with ice. Okay, so cortisol spike at night, yes, inhibits our sleep, produce less testosterone. Cortisol spikes at night if you train at night, or if you have a high stressor at night. If right. you have a high stress, okay, let's discuss that. So when it comes to when it comes to chronic stress, so short term stress is fine; it's good for you; it has its benefits. But then when it turns into long term stress, the initial stage of that would be elevated cortisol all during the day. Okay. It would still follow your cortisol curve because you're supposed to have high cortisol in the morning and then it's supposed to taper down and then it's supposed to be its lowest at night. And then it's supposed to peak back up before you wake up because that's what gets you out of bed and gets you going. So initial stages of high stress, your cortisol levels would follow a similar curve, but they would increase. Okay. Sometimes they just increase at certain times that you're stressed. The as chronic stress continues, where chronic just means long-term, as chronic stress continues, your cortisol levels start dropping down. They start dropping down because your brain can no longer respond to stressors. So it can no longer produce cortisol. So if you were to test someone's cortisol curve at that stage, it would look normal. But really, it's just following the progression of uh, the effects of uh, long-term stress. The What happens next is that you're more... So either your morning cortisol drops... Or your evening cortisol starts to rise. So you have a dysregulated circadian rhythm, which means instead of it following that specific curve where the cortisol is high during the day and low at night, it um, perks up at night even if you haven't experienced a stressor. Does that make sense? So that's just a side effect of chronic stress that's not been addressed. So to answer your question, you can have high evening cortisol, but if you do, that's a sign that you're past like the initial stages of cortisol, um, it's called the HP axis dysfunction. So the brain dysfunction. Okay. And a lot of people call it adrenal fatigue, but the problem isn't in your adrenals. The problem is in your hypothalamus and your pituitary because those areas of your brain have really have a really high affinity or a lot of cortisol receptors and they have a high affinity for cortisol. And cortisol over a long term is catabolic. I mean, it is catabolic and over the long term, it ends up damaging that area of your brain. So it's actually brain damage. Oh, wow. Wow. So in order to treat like hypercortisolism, which is when you're unable to produce cortisol in response to a stressor, if it's related to emotional trauma or long-term stress or sleep deprivation, um, you would have to incorporate brain regenerative um, strategies as well. That's 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 some deep stuff right there. I know. I that's, found it really interesting as well. That's kind of scary. Like, it is that's, scary. That, yeah. that, like from, from, from my perspective, that's a little scary because, you know, at, at the end of the day, we all do live in an environment of heightened stress right exactly. now. Exactly. Whether it's we're on Instagram or we're, yeah, 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 you exactly. know, like there are people that freak out over their Instagram if they don't get enough likes or whatever. So it's like, you know, there's that. Then there's people that, you know, that work the corporate job like me. You get, yep. you know, you get an email at 10 o'clock at night. It's like, oh crap, what does my boss want right now? So then all of a sudden you get a spike and then just crap goes uncontrolled. Exactly. So that's, that's pretty scary because we can't, the only thing we can do now is switch off. But how many people will actually want to do that? Well, but that's also it. It's not just about switching off. You And I tell this to my clients a lot. You have to actively engage in things that make you happy. It's not just about, you know, because there are some people who go like, well, I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to quit my job. I'm just going to remove the source of the stressor. No, you actually have to engage in things that make you happy and you have to engage in active self-care, whether that's going out and getting a massage. That's why, like, even if you don't like yoga, if you do something active that, you know, in, um, creates like a positive physical response, um, it's going to help a lot more than you just going home and sitting in front of the couch and watching Netflix. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's, it's not going to treat it. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically to break it down and sum it all up as a guy, as a male, to make sure that we are optimal with our testosterone production, mm-hmm. it would be beneficial if we sleep right. Help me out anytime. Pitch in, Liam. <laughs> He's looking at me like, I'm like, dude, help. All right. It would be optimal if we, we fixed our sleep. Yeah. Reduced the amount we're exposed to toxins, right? 
And then there was, <laughs> there was. I just think you're saying really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. We do reduce, reduce. Our... Take a selfie. You're like this is in the middle of the podcast. I was taking was a video of him, him, not oh, me. You were? Yeah. So weird. Oh, that's awesome. I literally had it like aimed at you. So, so it was, it was like cool we, we reduce our, our our intake of our toxins, yeah. which can be found in you know things with plastic water, which I drink out of a plastic bottle all the time, and I think I'm going to switch to BPA free and. BPA free also has BPA. Uh, I mean, it also has a different form like BPS, which is similar to BPA. You want to just switch to glass containers. Switch to glass. So pay a KD seven hundred for the glass bottles. Yeah, basically. Okay. Or or right. just have a filter in your house and get it from there all the time. Or you can get something. There's a brand. Can I say brand names? Yeah, here? go ahead. Yeah, there's something called like a Berkey um, water filter. Okay. And you can get one for on the go stuff. So you just like fill it up with. Any water and it, oh, I'll look into really, that. yeah. That's awesome. So that's pretty yeah. sweet, dude. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, all right, we got toxins. We got this. What else is there that we can do to limit our damage during day to day? Diet, because while we talked about cortisol a lot, we, we didn't, didn't talk we about didn't insulin. Talk, yeah, we haven't gotten into the diet. Yeah, part. we haven't gotten into. There the we go. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is where Five Guys goes out the window. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I'm still getting me some elevation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if. You have an unhealthy diet of high refined carbs. Um, if you're constantly eating um, sugars, if all your meals consist of carbs and then you snack on chocolate and the, or you snack on fruits all the time. You have a then, heightened, heightened yeah. level of glucose yes, in your bloodstream. Yes, exactly. Or, yeah, or even a constant level of glucose in your bloodstream. If you have high blood sugar levels, you're going to have high insulin levels because insulin responds to the amount of sugar that's in your blood. So if you eat something that's sugary, your blood sugar goes up, insulin goes up, it tries to shuttle it into the cell. So then you can use that glucose for energy. But if you're not doing anything all day, it gets and you're sitting at, yeah. sitting at a desk, it just gets stored as, gets <laughs> stored as fat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Insulin is a storage hormone, um, but it also signals, it also signals uh, to block fat breakdown. So even if you are capable of utilizing that glucose, if you're constantly re releasing insulin into your system, then you are going to affect fat breakdown. This is where the controversy of if it fits your macros versus low carbon, whatever comes in, because some people don't have an ability or the, if it, you know, the, but it's a food sensitivity, right? I mean, you could be sensitive to different foods that could spike your insulin levels and, you know, just, just that. Like that, that is actually true because if I'm not mistaken, I remember a study ages ago where like different people tested for different foods. And yeah. Like someone, it, yeah, like someone rice, ate a cookie. Yeah, someone yeah, yeah. ate a cookie and, and they had a nothing. huge insulin spike. Yeah. And then this other dude ate a cookie and it like did nothing. Did nothing. Yeah, so yeah. they were like, wow, what's going on here? Yeah. And it explains a lot about people from different regions in the world and what yeah. they can eat and what they can't eat. Yeah. Like, you know, you can have, if you have gluten or whatever. Yeah. So. Interestingly enough, I've noticed that people from the Middle East, they don't benefit from being on a ketogenic diet long term. And then I spoke to this homeopathic doctor and he does DNA tests. And he was saying that a lot of the Middle Eastern people that do these DNA tests actually can develop insulin resistance from high fat. And the mechanism is supposedly that the high amount of fat coats the cell and like prevents prevents insulin from attaching to the receptor. I can't say that for sure because I haven't seen the research on it and I have tried to look for it, but he has basically said that there is a genetic predisposition in Middle Easterns to get insulin resistance from high fat as opposed to Well, I mean, carb. look at the state of diabetes in Kuwait. Exactly. Like yeah, they, yeah. That, that, that's, your, that's kind of your case right there. We yeah, have two yeah, yeah. diabetes professionals and if you haven't listened to the episode, you know, I highly encourage listening to The Silent Killer in Kuwait, which is diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's running rampant. So it would, I know. it would kind of make sense because if you're having so much fat, so much saturated mm -hmm. fat and just all the Western food that's been introduced, yeah. I mean, we're on a hodgepodge for a disaster, basically. I know. I know. Disaster. I know. I know. I mean, it's, it, the, you know, this is probably why dietitians are so popular in Kuwait. Like if you go, you know, in Dubai, dietitians are not that popular. There are just a few, like a handful of dietitians that I know of. And um, whereas in Kuwait, dietitians are like celebrities. They're popping up like mushrooms around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like they really are yeah. popping up like mushrooms. Exactly. And it's funny because I've seen a lot of dietitians in Kuwait where it's like, if it fits your macros. And I'm like, I dude, know. no, mm -mm. you cannot. Like, I'm not, I can't say that I'm not a, you know, trained professional. I only went through a certification. You know, I got my trainer certification and everything. So and it had nutrition others. in it. You know, it had nutrition in it and it wasn't a huge chapter, but it had the basics where a calorie is not a calorie. 
both calories if you're eating candy and broccoli. There's a huge difference. But there's a difference. Yeah. You can't def- say a calorie from broccoli yeah, yeah. is the same as a calorie from a candy cane, right? I think we can agree on that. In terms Good. of how your body extracts it and then the amount of energy you get from it. Yeah. yeah. So obviously you, yeah, that's not counting macronutrients then as well. As it? Cause they, they I'm just saying in general, bro- piece of broccoli is yes. way more beneficial yeah, yeah, yeah. than yeah. candy cane. Yes, 100% easily. Okay. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. There's no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no argument there. Sorry, okay, I just so, hate the school of IIFYM. I yeah, I know. Um, I use macros a lot, but then I address like underlying dysfunction first. You know what okay. I mean? And I do everything, like all of my meal plans, none of them have inflammatory foods. They're all, even if I increase carbs, I increase them slowly. I make sure they're able to um, utilize them. I match it with their training levels. Um, sometimes I give um, or recommend supplements that enhance your insulin sensitivity. So... There's a lot of stuff that goes with that. But speaking of insulin and testosterone, so insulin and cortisol, when they increase, they actually preferentially cause fat deposition in your, in your belly. So they increase belly fat and in belly fat is more likely to aromatize testosterone. It's one of the places where testosterone is more aromatized. So the more belly fat you have, the more your testosterone converts to estrogen. And that's one of the ways you lose testosterone. So it's not just the fact that your insulin goes up. So basically if you're if you're diluting your testosterone, right? If you're if your testosterone levels are decreasing, you can yeah. ultimately send your brain sending that signal to increase estrogen or push out estrogen, right? Um uh, no no, okay. So it's just belly fat, like the the presence of belly fat increases the activity of the uh, enzyme okay. right. I see what you're saying. that okay. converts testosterone to estrogen. Right. There we go. Yeah. And then so does inflammation and insulin itself decreases the production of something called DHEA, which is a precursor hormone. So do you guys know what precursors mean? What precursor means? Yeah, before. Before, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, a precursor hormone. Kind of, yeah, like, yeah. Turns, turns into some, well, exactly. the, the kind of compound that is there before and turns into an enzyme inside the body. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So DHEA is a precursor to, to testosterone, which is a precursor to estrogen and estrogen. And high insulin decreases DHEA. So you don't have that big of a pool of the precursor hormone to create testosterone from. Does that make sense? So high insulin equals less precursor equals less testosterone because you don't have the mother hormone. Okay. Well, it's not really the mother hormone, but it's the one above it. So basically like eat a balanced diet with good high nutrient dense foods in it. Yeah. That way you are definitely optimizing your testosterone production. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah and yeah, reduce definitely. belly fat. Yeah. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, it makes sense, though, with regards to, like, if you're facing macros, like, for the most part, people know that they sh- they're not supposed to be eating freaking donuts and cookies all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. I don't know one person who actually thinks that that's, like, a healthy diet. Like, they just, they just maybe can't get away from doing it because they're, like, they have... They like the sugar. They like, they don't yeah. really know what else to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, but they know that whatever they're doing is not healthy for them. Yeah. I agree. So like it's, but I understand like why if it fits your macros is kind of like almost a bit of like a gateway into a different yeah. diet because it means, okay, we're, we're restricting the amount of calories that you're going to intake, but you can kind of still choose Indulge. some of the same foods yeah. and things like that. So they, like it's easier for individuals who aren't being guided by a dietitian or something like that to exactly. be able to start to change. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's I all agree. on that kind of like, that yeah. journey and yeah. so people need because they can't just go from exactly. eating pizza three times a day to going and having chicken and broccoli and then like kind of trying to make a nice choice with having a turmeric like yeah yeah, yeah i agree no no i agree for <laughs> yeah. sure they're not going to stick yeah. to that are they so yeah. it needs to yeah. be kind of like steps forward and so exactly. like if it fits your macros isn't bad but it's definitely not the kind of optimal diet for performance or for testosterone or for kind of like a, a healthy body yeah and also you could you could definitely like get the best of both worlds where you use if it fits your macros, but the base of your diet is plant-based, you know, like I like animal protein, some people don't. And then if you feel like having a cookie, you can have a cookie as long as the majority of your diet is healthy and as long as you don't have food intolerances yeah. <laughs> um, and gut issues. <laughs> I mean, obviously like that. And that's why people will come to someone like you who actually has an understanding of all these things based on the individual. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because as we said, like someone, someone having a cookie is different to someone else having a cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so like what's good for your friends, just the same as we talk about with training and everything else, like what's good for one person isn't always the same for another person. Yeah. And so exactly. that's why people should come to a professional to actually figure out okay what's going on inside my body 
so that I can actually fuel it with the right thing so that yeah. I can get the result that I want, not the yeah, yeah, yeah. someone else wants or have yeah. the way that they got it. Exactly. Because it's going to be two different ways, yeah. like from hormones to like kind of toxins and everything that in- individuals are taking in, whether they're touching too many receipts or whatever, <laughs> to diet, sleep whether they've got kids, whether they're able to sleep, like two people could have kids and one has a nanny who takes care of them more yeah, and exactly. is able to sleep. Like, yeah, like just because someone's true. life looks the same, it's, exactly. it's never the same. You're right. Yeah. You're completely right. So, yeah. I see people like, yeah, the I see like so many different people. And the most fascinating part about my job is when I ask them about like, you know, like what did you go through to, through this time and this time? Like every, they could be, two people could have the exact same symptoms, but the way they get there is completely different, which right. means the causes are going to be completely different. So yeah, so then the treatment's going to be different. Um, Everyone's different. So I mean, yeah. it always goes back to goes back to it depends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to that, and that's yeah. and that's, that's what that's why professionals exist in this in this industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what the, the focus of the professional should be is to actually find the solution that f- that is right for the individual. Yeah, exactly. And we talk about it all the time, coaching, yeah. don't we? Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. it can't just be the same cookie cutter approach to like yeah. diet, nutrition, hormones, anything like that. It's, exactly. it's always going to be about the individual because absolutely everyone is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even exactly. if they look the same, like feel the same, work in the same place their life is different yeah, because they've exactly. got to that point completely differently from the next person yeah no, totally agree all right so let's let's do some takeaways for my male buddies out there of what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing or what are what will disrupt like some of the things the little things like switching from plastic to glass i'm going to personally else? switch from male deodorant to a female deodorant <laughs> I'm gonna switch, you know you know guys i'm going to switch to no deodorant <laughs> All right, then we'll see how everybody likes that. <laughs> see how Hale likes my male pheromones <laughs> jumping out. She's probably going to kick me right yeah. out. <laughs> so, what I take away? Sorry. Um, reduce, yeah, reduce toxic exposure. Manage stress. Definitely favor lifestyle changes first. So, meditation, deep breathing, cold showers, and if you you know if you feel like you're past the point of managing stress, then seek professional help. Like just to understand what supplements work best for you. Reduce refined grains and refined carbohydrates and high sugar intake. You know we're not saying be low carb, but reducing your carbohydrate intake overall and your blood sugar spikes are going to help. Well, it makes sense. Like yeah. I'm not training or moving at the level of Liam. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes complete sense. Yeah. So that's just going to turn into, you know, it's just going to store my body. Yeah, but also, again, it's different. So, Liam, how many grams of carbs would you eat to sustain per day, to sustain your training? I'm probably rocking about two to 250. So, okay, you see the size difference between us? I do best and I'm at my leanest when I'm at 200 grams of carbs. Yeah. So, I ha- you know what I mean? So, it's uh, you got to find what works for you. It's doesn't always necessarily like depend on training levels and stuff like that. Because I know people who train really hard and they still can't handle a high, a high. I, I personally know that I, I deal really well with like a higher, higher fat and protein intake and yeah. like my carbs before training. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Any, any other time, like I find that I actually hold on to fat a lot more. I feel so bloated and everything. Whereas if I have like some, some oats and banana yeah. beforehand, before training, like I feel great. Yeah. I feel like loads of energy in training. No, I I feel like I'm like focused and everything outside of training and I'm not bloated, which is... That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's so good. And that's why you look but like I, that. But I've, I've had to... <laughs> you I, know yourself. Yeah, I've had to actually like figure that out though. Yeah, and same, so me too. It's, yeah, It's yeah. definitely not the same as like the person I live with. He can just eat what, like carbohydrates all the time. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, it's yeah, no yeah. Problem. But then actually there's other people who are like keto and actually that works for them. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just about what's good for you. Um. Yeah. yeah. So I think that wraps it up. I think that's a good... Improve sleep. Yeah, improve sleep. That's a big one. Sleep's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is the big one. Yeah. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Alpinine yeah. and take a cold shower. Try it, man. Yeah, well, I'm going to see how that works. Uh, right. here's, here's a tidbit. Um, if you are low carb and you're struggling with sleep, add a carb meal, add a carb portion with dinner. Okay. Um, it increases serotonin, which could help you fall asleep easier. Awesome. Awesome. I think that was a pretty good... That was a pretty good sum up Plug for in. for the yeah. for the male the male side of things, you know, female side, yeah, male yeah, yeah. side. So what are we gonna do next? Kids nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, thanks as home. usual thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it. 
please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at the Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.